Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording... Guys, we are coming up with our last storyteller before we have our intermission. I was speaking with him before, um, and he was telling me that he does a podcast called Nerd Trek. Give it up for Ben McCormick! Hey. So, as Brennan said at the top of the show, smell is a powerful sense. Smell memory is this time travel device that we have built into us. You walk into a room, you smell something cooking, you're instantly in your grandmother's kitchen. You, you, you walk outside, you catch a whiff of the grill... And you can remember your dad when you're eight years old and he's standing in front of the grill and it's the 4th of July and all the emotions that go with that. And you have this power. And I envy each and every one of you because I was born without the sense of smell. It's a condition called anosmia and you just can't smell. So this was a thing that I just didn't recognize when I was a child. Because you don't know that you can't smell. You, you know, if you're a kid and you're born, you can't see. People notice. If you can't hear, people notice. But if your Uncle Fred, you know, has a bad case of gas and you don't react to it, then you become the favorite nephew because you don't complain. <laughs> That's what it is. And so I'm a little kid. I'm five years old, and like every five-year-old in the 70s, your life is, you know, on the street, Sesame Street. And that was the high point of my day, was, was getting there in front of the television, and my grandmother would set me there, and, and it was like free education, You're, you have Sesame Street. This was the big event of my day. And so on my fifth birthday, when I got a book from Sesame Street, it was this was the best birthday ever. And it was a book called Hear No Evil, See No Evil, Smell No Evil. And it was a scratch and sniff book. And so I would read the book and and there's all my favorite characters and and they've got a new rec center on Sesame Street and they're going to paint it. And on the first page, there's the paint buckets and you scratch the paint buckets. And then the other characters complain about the smell. And so the whole story is this whole little hilarious, you know, one after the other page of, oh, let's bring roses. And, oh, you scratch and smell the roses. Oh, he brought tuna. Oh, now you smell the fish. And so there were all these smells. And it was wasted. And uh, so years later, my grandmother had passed away, and I'm going through storage, and you know, I'm cleaning out all the stuff, and there's that book. And as I go through it, all of the stickers with the smell have just been scratched furiously and like worn through the pages because there was this little five-year-old just scratching, hoping that he could get a smell of that paint or of the roses or anything, and it just wasn't there. So this goes on. You know, you don't notice. And, and when you think... You start noticing other people reacting to smells, and you think, okay, well, maybe the, I haven't learned how to smell yet. I, ha- I have to figure this out because everybody else has it. You, know, so I've, you don't understand that this is something that you should already have. This should be part of you. And so, you know, and you don't want to let on because then the other kids know, oh, you're a baby. You haven't figured out how to smell yet. You're lame. 
So, you know, you keep it to yourself. You fake it. You know, it's like, oh, man, what was that? Yeah, oh, that was a bad one. Wow. Uh, you know, and you, you learn little things. But uh, my parents being like the, the hyper-attentive parents of the 70s, you know, when we weren't busy playing lawn darts, they occasionally paid attention to us. And they figured out around the sixth grade, something's wrong with Ben. Because we're sitting at dinner, and I open a jar of what, and it had turned, and so this horrible smell fills the, the kitchen you know, table. And uh, my mother's like, what are you, don't eat that. What are, what are you doing? I'm like, what? I have no idea. And suddenly now she's like, I should probably ask questions because my son is about to eat rotten food. <laughs> Which, you know, that was a breakthrough for her. Um, <laughs> it was a change. So she, at first, will not accept that I can't smell. Don't, don't lie to your mother. You know, I, I will. And no, I, I don't, you know. Back and forth, and finally she learned, you know, is accepted, okay, maybe he can't smell. Um, this happened to be one of the years that my family had insurance, uh, which was kind of on again, off again kind of thing. Um, so this was, you know, lottery. Um, I get to go to the doctor. So I go to the doctor. It's at, um, this is in Alabama and Birmingham at the uh, Children's Hospital, which is a great medical institution. But they take me down there. And, of course, then I have to get a full examination because you, if, if you're not bleeding, you're not going to the doctor. That, that's just the way it was. Well, now there's this weird thing, and you can't smell. You're a freak. So they put you through the whole full exam. You get all the blood taken and the work. You know, it's just like, okay. I'm a sixth grader. I'm, what, like 11, 12, you know? I don't know. And it's this ongoing thing, and the doctors finally get around now. They've done all the blood work. They've done all the poking and prodding that has nothing to do with my nose. And so now they're like, okay, let's, let's highly scientific methodology here. We're going to put a blindfold on him, and I'm going to hold things under his nose and see if he reacts. This is me at the test. <laughs> the entire test. So it was, you know, very eventful for them. Are you sure? What about now? You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were trying to trick me at some points where they weren't holding things. Okay, how about now? No, no. I would react to ammonia and alcohol because I guess the chemical reaction of it burning the actual skin inside my nose was something to go, oh, okay, that was something. I don't know what it was. So they now are scratching their heads, and the doctor prescribes a uh, nasal spray uh, three times a day until your next visit next month. I've never taken medicine like this, so I'm like, mm, not, not going to do that. I'm talking to my parents, and I'm like, mm, nah, I'm not, not, not feeling that. Just something in your nose and spray, that, that, that's insanity. It wasn't yet deep into the 80s, and I knew that that would have been a good thing, but then it wasn't. And I'm, I'm wondering... <laughs> You know, what are they trying to do to me? And the next stage of it, though, was, well, we've got the, the physical side of it working out. We need to know if maybe there's a mental block. Maybe it's all in his head. So we have to take him to the child psychologist, which, granted, I probably should have been seeing well before this, but that's <laughs> another night. Um, 
So the doctor's there, and we talk, and he asks me about my day and the things that I do every day and going to school and my friends and this and my habits and what do you do after school. He gets finished. He's, now we've got to know each other. Um, he says, okay, now I'm going to talk to your parents, and you go sit out in the hall. I, I was a very precocious child. I, I was reading on like a ninth grade level when I was in second grade. I, I, was, I was worrying about nuclear winter in this age group, okay? This was because I read the wrong books. Um, Sagan terrified me at this point in my life. So I, I was beyond the, the standard, oh, let's go watch some cartoons, which I did enjoy, though. But I was also worrying about the end of the world. So I'm listening as they're talking about me um, in the other room. Well, he's a very obstinate child, and uh, he said he wasn't going to take his medicine, and, and if you have to hold him down and spray it in there, you just do that. And I'm a little concerned that he's watching 14 hours of television a day. Is, is that close to accurate? Okay, maybe, maybe closer to eight, but still a lot of television. Well, he should get outside, and this, this troubles me because television is my life at this point, and uh, it's my escape from living in rural Alabama. Um, which, you know, it was either that or become an alcoholic at 11, um, like my cousins. Um, so I chose television, and he was going to take this away from me. And one of the things that I used with the television was still a little bit of an addiction with the uh, Sesame Street, the Muppet Show, because puppets were part of this. And this was, you know, this was my thing then. That was, I, had to, I was going to grow up and be a puppeteer. And I had mentioned this, and so his thing was like, and when he's playing with his puppets, pay attention to what he says. You know, you can really, the self-talk that he's doing, you can get inside his brain and, and you know, you can, you know, take notes like my parents could write and, and, and understand, you know, what he's thinking and feeling and, and maybe we can find the core of this. You're saying this and I can hear you. You're right there. I mean, Okay. So we go home. It's a quiet ride home. We're home. And now over the next four weeks, I torment my mother. You know, every time I catch her watching me with the puppets, I'm like, they don't really love you. <laughs> no, they do love me. That's, that's why they make me go to the doctor. No, they don't love you. You should hurt them. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, that's bad. That's bad talking. Burn the dog again. No, they don't know about the first time. My mother quickly figured out that I was on to their, you know, their wacky scheme, and I wasn't actually psychotic. I was just an asshole, um, which has been an ongoing condition, along with the smelling. So we go back to the doctor the next month, and uh, her big breakthrough was, I'm pretty sure television has nothing to do with his not being able to smell. You're a quack. You're out of here. The next thing we figured out was, well, because you're poor, um, you don't get to see the same doctor every time. So now the new doctor comes in. He looks and goes, oh, you've been taking this. Uh, you did this, what, once a day for a week? How did that turn out for you? Well, no, we did it three times a day for a, for a month. Not good. So we quit going to the doctors because what do doctors know? This is Alabama in the 70s and the 80s. Middle school comes around, and my best friend Jay knows how to fix this problem. Using his vast uh, experience uh, with the World Book Encyclopedia, because we didn't have WebMD yet, he took and uh, diagnosed that there was probably a layer of skin blocking the olfactory nerves. And the way that we can get around this is he would take and mix up all these caustic chemicals from the kitchen, 
put them in an Afrin bottle, and squirt them up my nose. I immediately said, this is a bad idea, Jay. This is not happening. No, 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 listen to me. I'll wait for you to go to sleep. That way it'll be, it, you won't be, like, upset. It'll, uh, yeah, I'm going to be upset. No, 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 you'll be asleep. I'll spray it in. It'll eat away that layer you'll be able to smell. Yes, you'll be screaming for a while, but once the sense of smell comes in, you'll be happy. You'll be able to say, no, no. It was around this time that I developed the ability to be a very light sleeper, especially when Jay was around, because I was quite sure he was going to try this. And uh, thankfully, it never happened. Um, over the years, though, I, you know, it's, it's just part of who I am. I can't smell. And people immediately, no, you know, you can, everybody can smell. Well, I can't. Well, what, you're an accident? No, no, I just can't smell. Well, you can't taste. Well, I, I can taste. I just don't taste the same as you do. Um, lick me. Um, and so I do, things taste different to me because of the, the lack of smell. Wine is completely wasted on me, unless it's a very sweet wine. Dry wines, it, oh, it's a lovely bouquet, whatever. Um, it's all about taste for me. And that's a problem because sometimes in a crowded room, I've learned not to breathe through my mouth at any point because I, smell is little particles of scent getting in your nose. Well, when I taste the air, that's your farts getting in my mouth. And that's <laughs> disgusting. So never breathe through your mouth if you're in a crowded place. And that had helped me because this past summer... I'm in Charleston. I was working in a shipyard. There was a bad evening of choices, very bad choices that involved alcohol and burritos. And now I'm in a shipyard, and it's been three days since they've changed the porta potty, and it's been 105 degrees every day. And those bad choices have, you know, come back to haunt me now. And nature's calling long distance. It's an emergency. You will take this call. I'm going to break through one way or the other, says the operator. <laughs> so a choice had to be made, and I go to that porta potty on the pier. And when I walk into this little chamber of death, the air stung my skin. That's how bad this was. But don't breathe through your mouth. I can still breathe, though, because I have the superpower. Aha. Uh -huh. I do my business, I come out, I, in my bag I always keep the, 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 the wipes because they never have facilities in these places and, and plus people are disgusting and touch things. So as I'm cleaning up, I'm thinking back though to that little five-year-old in Alabama scratching away at that page. And I think I would trade not smelling this so that he could smell that. and be happy. If you'd like to tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show, visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, plenty of ways to pitch your story, and our podcast featuring storytellers from previous shows. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell me more live.